Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. This is Merrill Schindler. This is High on the Hog, the podcast, the show that tells you I don't know if it's going to be everything you need to know, but it's plenty of stuff you don't know about THC, CBD, the wonderful world of medical cannabis with Janice Hardoon from K-Town Collective and The Antidote, the CBD Superstore, and Joanna Belson, our Canna Mom. And this week we've got Dr. Jeffrey Raber, um, who serves as the Executive Director of the Association of Commercial Cannabis Labs, am I correct? Yep. That's still, that this is still up to date? Um, so you went to school in Pennsylvania, yep. uh, but then you got your your PhD in organic chemistry here in Southern California. Correct. Um, did where, where did you encounter <laughs> CBD THC back? I was probably or, at least in organic years chemistry. Ago or so, right? Yeah, we didn't see it in class, <laughs> so um, I was not taught about cannabis or the endocannabinoid system formally in school. So, so how did you how did you how did you um, wander how did you, at the you end meander of, into this? <laughs> at the end of two thousand and eight, my brother was working at a construction company and it was asked to build a storefront dispensary in Orange County. And he comes home and says, Hey, I think these guys are gonna sell cannabis, <laughs> right? Or sell medical marijuana, they called it. I said, Medical, that's pretty interesting. What do they think is medical about it? Go onto the internet, start to do some research, go to the library, still had access to that at USC. Um, and you start to unravel all of the medical potential of cannabis at that point. And back then, nobody was really mentioning CBD much at all. It was all just THC, THC. There was maybe a few little hints here and there of CBD. But you start to dig down and say, okay, here's a compound that is non-psychoactive that has an immense amount of medical potential. And you start to look at the rest of the plant from a, a chemist size and molecular-wise, you say, there's a lot of stuff here that is non-psychoactive with tons of medical potential. And I got really kind of excited as a research scientist and, and someone who makes medicinal compounds. Um, and in the beginning of 2009, President Obama's on CNN and says, I'm not going after medical patients. I'm going to go after drug trafficking organizations. And to me, that was kind of the entrepreneurial green light saying, get in there, start to help out and, and see what you can do with someone with a, a medical scientific background and professionalism. Because we could lead better through information and science than we could through just rhetoric and talking about it. When we spoke to, I, I think it was Boris from Papa and Barkley, he told us that um they used to just like take the CBD, put it in a bottle, put it away somewhere. They didn't really know what to do with it. Right. It was just like this other stuff that yeah. that came out as they were producing THC from from the hemp. Um, and now things have sort of flipped. In fact, significantly flipped to the point where CBD is the extract of choice, and THC is CBD is, still is there. the talk of the town. Yes, it is just the buzz. I mean, we've done events where. Everybody wants to know what is it? What can it do right. for me? Yeah. Um, is it now? Is it your life now? Oh, big time. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've been heavily engaged in the cannabis space since 2010. So when Obama said that, we started planning um, and took about a year to find a brave individual to, to back the idea of a testing laboratory. So we started um, in 2010 offering testing services to the medical dispensaries uh, in California. And from that, you get a really good 
perspective on what molecules are present in the products, what's there that's not supposed to be there, like pesticides or microbiological contaminants, and how accurate dosing was an immense problem and still kind of is today. And when you say testing, I assume you're one of those people who discover that some things have and some things don't have. Um, you know, when you when you do your testing, that it's like the amount of CBD in there yeah. is not the amount that's supposed to be in there. Correct. Yeah. Um, you you hear about those, um, you know, uh, TV shows that will test, you know, 12 products and <laughs> yep. discover only three of them had any CBD in them. Correct. Yep. So we worked with Johns Hopkins researchers and published a paper in the Journal of the American Medical Association that showed about 83% of the products grabbed off of dispensary shelves in uh, the Bay Area, Los Angeles, and in wa the state of Washington and Seattle were inaccurate for their label content. And so that was before regulations have come about. It's going to be much better now. But you really weren't getting what you thought you were getting. Intentionally or just sloppy or... Or Little did, above. They, did the uh, the CBD THC just leach out into the packaging? So there's an idea of like, I just want to make sure there's so much THC that you would know that you had it and you wouldn't complain that this product was ineffective. Um, most people didn't know the benefits of CBD even back, you know, till not too long ago. Uh, we're still educating a lot on that, obviously. So I think there was a lack of willingness to work with labs, purposeful intent to overdo it to try and make the strongest products possible in terms of THC effect and really lack of standardization. So there was a whole bunch of all of that going on, and misleading labels is the result. Honestly, Dr. Raber, how many of us bought a bag of oregano back in the day? You know, it was <laughs> well, like you trust your nose, know. by the way, but your nose is a very sensitive detector. So I, I, you actually, probably I, buy that it's bag amazing once. I didn't, I didn't know it, but you look at it, it kind of looks about the same. Yep. It's like, you know, and... Yep. Um, it's, but a good strong smell you'd probably be like wait a minute I know, seems I like know. pizza maybe not <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you but, know a very expensive pizza yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've seen in all that time a, a, a logarithmic development yeah. I mean it's gone from yeah. you know some to much to so much right um, and you know, I, I've often asked in this room about places like the, the ice cream place up in the San Fernando Valley that for $2 extra will put CBD oil on the on the ice cream. It's like, what are they? I mean, is it possible or am I just paying $2 for some canola oil? Is it is it possible that they're actually doing that? <laughs> it's possible. Are they actually doing it? Are they doing it consistently? Probably no to the latter parts. Is it possible? Yes. You know, are they doing that the right way or the way that you would, you know, intently and purposefully want it to be done? Probably not. So when I'm just adding something random, I don't have control over exactly how much. And I think it's important for all your listeners to understand that introducing CBD into your system is not without potential risks, especially if you're on other medications. So it can slow down the metabolism of them and it can start to become problematic or toxic. Mm -hmm. So if you just start getting CBD everywhere in large amounts of it, it, it could become a problem. Even though CBD has great benefits, if it slows down metabolism of other drugs, you could have new problems that show up. So, you know, be careful with how much you have. And if you just throw it randomly on food, you don't know the dose. You don't know how much you're getting. No, I don't think you that's know how the, right the food intent. will interact with it. Right. You know, will, will how the, much is the cream in the ice cream yep. just, just um, negate it? And indeed, there was a, I think there was not a... To, not to make you, before you get to the next thing, going back to the risk. What are the other risks? Because no one ever talked to us in all of our episodes. <laughs> what are the risks of CBD? I just felt like if you got too much, you piss it out of your body. 
Yeah, I mean, you're not at risk of turning off your heart and lungs like you are with something like opioids. So the risks are lower, but the contraindication potential risks, uh, especially with someone with epilepsy, could be on drugs that are not metabolized the same. Then those would start to build up if your dose was kept the same. And you would then have toxicity from the other Does that have to do with ones. something that's because that has receptors and that's your neuro, neuro, so your nervous system? So CBD is blocking the metabolism in the liver. It slows that down. So, so this, okay. Yeah, so, you know, you could metabolize things slower and then that might build up to them. What if you take your, you're taking your CBD so it's not going through your liver, you're vaping it or whatever. Still will pass through your liver in the end. And the, Eventually and everything goes through the liver. It's just, does it go through the liver so before? The, one of the so. risks is the interaction with other medications. Right. And I think that's the biggest risk, right? So I don't think we're going to hear people. So we're not talking about it's a major risk. I mean, you said risk and my eyes like stop. <laughs> right. Well, I think because no one says it, right? So no I think one we says should, it. Right. You're, we, it's just the yeah. first time we, we all agree that we've had a risk, the word risk put into yeah. this room. I mean, I think we should be very open and honest about the conversation. It's got immense amounts of benefits. It's toxicity risk is fairly low, mm-hmm. but you could have problems with it. And it's best to use in conjunction with a discussion with your doctor so that if you are going to go off of other medications, Most doctors with it, don't want to discuss it because I deal yeah. with everyone coming in off the street and somehow or another the girl that has a BA from business school right. has become the, the CBD the, doctor. The medical expert. Right. Yeah. But, and all I can do is listen to what they're saying and ask a lot of questions. Um, we always kind of start with everything with a microdose, small yep. dosing, because That's everyone's body is right. everyone's body is different. Yep. Yep. If you need more, it's easier to add on. You can't take off. Right. Yep. But you know, start low just, and work your way up. But we exactly. think put the med and medicine minimum effective right. dose, so the least amount oh. of getting the effective piece. That's good. There you go. That is really good. Could you write that down? Because that could be the title of our show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what um, other thing? What other formulas do you make with CBD? Because you said you formulated other things. Yeah, so you can have you know tinctures are a little bit of both. They're kind of somewhat sublingual, but a lot right. oral, um, oral tablets, um, other things that are made to be ingested orally, and inhalation-wise vapes as well, and topicals. Mm-hmm. So each of those are entering the bloodstream in different ways with different you know to a different extent. And if you orally ingest, it does pass through the liver before it goes to your bloodstream. Right. So you know. There, that, what do you think what about nasal? To. Now you, I'm starting to see more people using nasal to take to put CBD into their system, and they're saying it's going to go direct to the brain. Um, it may be slightly more rapid to mm-hmm. the the brain, but I mean inhalation is going to be pretty close to that. It's going to so, be the same whether you take it nasally, like with or what, within vapor. a minute, or you know, like mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty quickly uh, going through that the same way. And I think the concern with nasal is what's in the formulation and what am I eventually putting in my lungs. Mm-hmm. So um, if it's an oral formulation, that's I think probably it's not like a salt water. But I will bring the product over for you to yeah. look at. No, that's I mean, yeah, I, I think you know it's definitely possible to put into water. What else is there that you're putting into the water to make it go into water? Because mm-hmm. CBD by itself doesn't want to go. Do into Do you water. think that there's a difference between whether using CBD? isolate or CBD uh, oil or yes there's an immense difference so um, for all the listeners they probably hear words like full spectrum whole spectrum I've got you know more of the plant with it the entourage or ensemble effect single molecule isolates uh, that's only CBD so 
a lot of research shows that when you have more than just CBD of other cannabinoids, especially terpenes, that is more effective and you need less of CBD and the other things to kind of be approaching the body in a more holistic fashion and a more effective fashion. So single molecule CBD studies show that you might need hundreds of milligrams to affect the right um, activity, whereas with all the other plant components, you need much, much less of it, you know, maybe tens of milligrams. So that's really good from a body processing standpoint and potential toxicity standpoint and I think you know in wait, terms wait, of before you go sure, sure. we have to go back to the layman okay. for a second yeah. a thousand milligrams of CBD from isolate is not equivalent to a thousand milligrams of CBD from a full spectrum oil both given that they both tested at 99% CBD so, we'll so let's if put they that are aside. both at 99% CBD then they're the same thing so it's so your isolate, it's your single, your single, single molecule. Single molecule isolate. It doesn't matter if I got it from hemp or from medical cannabis. If it's still testing at 99%, it's a CBD. CBD. So as CBD. long as it's tested, if you a test it and you know. A molecule is a molecule at 99%. If you're going in at 99%, you don't care if it's an isolated molecule, no. it's a full spectrum so molecule. So what else is going with it, right? So, I, so you hear the guy say, I've done a whole plant extract and I have my 99% isolate. Mm -hmm. Like, well, okay, you still have 99% isolate. The whole plant full spectrum stuff's gone. Mm -hmm. You got rid of of all of that a 80% CBD oil is more whole spectrum or full spectrum whole plant than a 99% isolate so that oil could actually have other cannabinoids and other components that are much more medicinally like, just effective than just it'll that be the CBN the other the whatever other molecules right. could be well, there. Yep, CBG, maybe even trace THC, some of the right. cannabinoid acids. Now I can take 99% CBD isolate and add in other terpenes or other cannabinoids and I can use it as an ingredient right. to build you a broad-based product and that's probably much more effective than just CBD as well. So, well, and, that goes back to our botanicals and marrying it to yeah. other holistic type of ingredients that Yep. Make it just enhances the CBD right. just as an enhancer there. And you have a much better efficacy and safety profile. So the closer you stay to the plant, the more true to plant that you are, the better you are in terms of both efficacious and safety. So, you know, our goal in all the formulas we provide is try to make, you know, 60 to 100 molecules, control them as much as you can and say these things are what are in the products as opposed to just CBD by itself. In the decade that you've been doing this, uh, how have you seen the product the, the the hemp plant change what what um, I mean I assume what they're growing now is not what they're growing then right right yeah we have fortunately seen you know good breeding efforts right so there was next to no CBD when we started and now you have plants that are high in CBD and we kind of started with well there was a one to one or three to two you know CBD or to THC ratio now you can get greater than 15 or 20 percent you know to one or even higher in some of the hemp cultivars California so, technology so brilliant out there great yeah, scientists yeah, yeah. well yeah. that was the interesting thing to me in the plant you're like well okay they've bred this thing for THC because that was how I could physiologically detect it right away. I knew that I was getting, you know, that response. But if I can do that, I can pick CBD, I can pick CBG, I can pick THCV, I can pick all the other cannabinoids and have this plant produce them in relatively high amounts. So from a, you know, medicinal standpoint and a harvesting of molecules standpoint, this plant offers great potential to use lots and lots of different Are things. Are there more cannabinoids to be found? There are about 120 of them reported to be in and it's on It's kind cannabis. of like the galaxy. How many more planets are out there that we yeah. don't know? So the current number, there's around 1,430 different molecules reported know. to be right. in and on cannabis. So 
Um, and why I say in and on, like the, the plant has machinery to produce CBD acid. The plant does not produce CBD. Just like it doesn't produce THC, it produces THC acid. Now we analytically can find trace amounts of THC and CBD on there because THC or CBD acid decarboxylate and degrade into THC or CBD respectively. And that's a temperature and time thing. So I can get CBD acid and heat it up and form CBD, but the plant doesn't make CBD. So while we find them on the plant, the plants like molecular machinery, the enzymes only produce CBD acid. So I assume that you follow the path of what you produce and what it does. Um, we try there, to. Are, are, there like, <laughs> are, there, are there miracles that you've seen? Are there like cures or healings that you go, I can't believe it did that. I, I that, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I mean there are there are a lot of cases where you're like wow, like I mean many people say nothing else was effective. I've tried all these other treatments and I found cannabis in some way and it benefits me. Um, Mara, you know. look at yourself. Yeah. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I mean, how many anecdotal stories relate to a large scale clinical trial? Right. I mean, that's kind of what you're thinking. And I think some of the question is, well, what's the right cannabis composition for which patient? So what might have worked for you might not have worked for someone else, even if they had what was diagnosed as the same condition. Now it may, I mean, and when you go through FDA clinical studies, you have to prove that this was statistically more significant and being effective than the placebo group. And that might mean the placebo shows 15 to 20% because some people just felt better but the real actual pharmaceutical showed 30 to 35. So that was enough to go get marketing approval. Does that mean like everybody I introduce it to works? No, right? It, just, it doesn't even mean half of it works. <laughs> so what's the definition of effective and what's the definition of like how much can this help people? I mean, if you're getting 10% of people that have no other choice for anything, that should be something that they should have an option for. And maybe it's not the whole answer, but it's even part of the answer that then other things start working with as well. So synergistically with other pharmaceuticals or better diet and exercise or other things, you might see all the sorts of benefits and someone's now healthy again, whereas without that option, they weren't. So I think it should be a first line and a good option for everybody's medical cabinet instead of just saying, let's illegal, throw it away. We don't know what it is. And we've talked several times about a seminar I went to at UCLA uh, a few weeks ago in uh, cannabis and cancer. And the number of times they said anecdotal and there have been no studies. <laughs> right. And yet they, they seem to be saying it works, but we really can't tell you that it does. So, yep. you know, and it was interesting that uh, there's a movie. Have you seen Weed the People? I'm in it. Yeah. You're in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Are you really? It. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you really in it? Yeah, in yeah. it. I'm I in love it. that. <laughs> I, 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 I've seen it. I have okay. a very, very tiny piece, but yeah, I, I, um, I'm aware Well, of it. you know, it's quite remarkable. I mean, right. are the, are the, are four kids, am I correct? I think so, um, yeah. And the I, stories are heart-wrenching. Oh, I mean, they're amazing, Get for your sure. Cleaner, clean, get your Kleenex. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, three of them, basically the reversal yeah. in the in the MRIs, uh, the CT scans, yep. they were remarkable. They were right. just remarkable. I mean, the fourth kid, unfortunately, he, he reversed, but then he it, it, it unreversed. Yeah. yeah. But the so three it extended of them were like, his lifetime they, they and were, quality life. But, they yeah. were healed. Yeah, they, I mean, and, and it, so the counter argument is that was three out of what? 3,000 that tried it? 300,000 that tried it? You don't know. So in the absence of a controlled clinical style uh, study, that's why the doctors won't say anything other than the word anecdotal, yeah. right? So, but we have enough anecdotal evidence to say, let's progress and proceed and go ahead and study it fully because there should be cases where we can understand it well enough to say, in your case of cancer, this is the type of composition that would be best for you. And I think right now we know that 
got potentials there, but we don't know whether you should take this much CBD, this much CBD with THC, this much with these terpenes or other cannabinoids, and in which fashion. Do I have a question? We've all, sure. we, we talked to the fellow who made the DNA testing to try to tell us in the cannabis world what products do you think that that would work to know what your body composite is so that, yes? Oh, I mean, yeah. So are there, I think I understand your question. Are there genetic predispositions for people Correct. that say that's how this? That's what I said. Isn't that what I said? That's what I said, right? It came out just as eloquent, I swear. Thank you. Thank you. That, yes, that thank you. based on your genes, these types of cannabis products would be best for you and your ailment. Then that's kind of more of delivering on the individual uh, personalized medicine type mm -hmm. approach. Yeah, I think that's true, right? So some people metabolize fast, metabolize slow. You can see some people eat an immense amount of an edible that would like knock me out for a weekend and we don't know why right their liver acts very differently than others so and my brother and I are kind of like that he can eat so much more than I can and we're not quite sure what the difference is because we know it's the same thing and we've mm. actually could test it we know exactly what's in there um, yes it is very individualized so while that may say your dose of THC is 10 milligrams and mine would be five you know does that tell me exactly which ailment is best? If, is it just THC? Is it THC and CBD? Do I need a one-to-one mixture So you one think the DNA testing will, will help? Yeah, I think I mean, it's great information. Isolate that information. It's certainly very helpful information. Um, how much do you need to really so understand I'll, it? So when I get my test results back, we need the maker of the DNA test with my doctor so they can discuss this and we can mm -hmm. really pull yep. it apart and go through these results and let the public know. Yeah. Because, because three of us. Yeah, we all did the swaps. We all did the uh, And we yeah. sent away, we had Len May. You're gonna represent the consumer okay. being us, yeah. the patient, and we're gonna have him come in and we're gonna do a test and we're gonna see where we all fall yep. and see what our profiles are. No, I, we're yeah, gonna help I know, educate the world. Fun. That would be fun. I mean, and I think that's kind of the cannabis idea. It's really gotta be a community-based effort if we're ever gonna it's solve gonna the problems. It's gonna take a village. And I mean, if we don't, if we do it one by one, each you little single it. thing, like your great needs grandkids to share aren't gonna know the answer either. Right. And I need so. more information I got from Ancestry, which told me that my, my my people came from Eastern Europe. It's like, tell me something I don't know, please. <laughs> That's helpful. Okay, wow. You know, I was hoping something or just that really else. Like... Just, uh, Eastern Europe, there, there it is. Uh, I have 1% Asian. Oh, that's interesting. Nice. That's, uh, wow. Oh. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> you deal, you supply to Canakids? We provide formulations to many different brands. Okay. Yeah. So we um, help uh, create predominantly terpene formulations. Um, so we've got proprietary methodologies on Back to the botanicals these. again. Yeah. How do we get these formulations to be really, really close, if not exactly like what we see in the plant? So that we can say through processing, if I do an extraction, I do distillations, and I do all these refinements or purifications, I've lost that whole plant profile. I've lost the essence of the cannabis plant that's so effective. So nature gave us this cellulose product as a delivery device. We'd like to put it in a vape pen. We'd like to put it in a tincture. We'd like it well-defined in a tablet. When I take it from the plant and go there, I've lost all of what the plant gave me unless I put that back somehow. So our methods allow us to put that back and control each of those molecules so that we can deliver the same product every single time. So, and only like standardizing it will just get Just chew on the leaves. So that's I, a great way of doing some of it. So, so I have a question. As the good. can of mom, so for all the moms out there, many people have kids with issues. They don't know what's wrong, you know, where to turn. Yeah. They've been to many, many doctors. They've seen the movie, they've read articles. Where do they turn? They're not in LA. Like, what do you recommend to yeah, people? Yeah, that's really difficult. Um, you know, try to know as much about how the product's manufactured, ask for certificates of analysis, see what their quality control programs are, independently verify it with one of Would the testing Would you allow your around. children to use 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I think understanding... So, so did her cannabis <laughs> yeah. doctor. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, and, and really, why would they use it, right? Would I want them using it at 12 years old for he had adult purposes? No, he had a no. transdermal but, pain problem. Right, but if they had so you know, significant <laughs> pain, would I choose cannabis instead of opioids? Absolutely. So I think that's a much wiser choice physiologically and less addictive potential. What so. about a mom who has a kid who doesn't take any oral medication foot is not working they're limping they're laying they're dragging it around put a little cbd or thc application on yeah. it yeah and topically yeah topically much, of much, course much yeah right away like that wouldn't be a, much of a concern how at did all. that work out for you well it's not broken <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know i gotta tell you it was very relieving that my daughter who suffers from anxiety and who doesn't these days um uh you know the doctor had given her um Ativan. Yeah. And she was very, very nervous about Ativan. We break it down to the tiniest little pieces. Um, I'm rather good with my pill cutter. And uh, even that, with that, she was just very nervous about taking it because it is addictive. Yep. And, uh, you know, the stories out there, thanks to thanks to opioids, are, are many. Um, and when she tried taking just a, a little piece of a CBD lozenge, she called us amazed by the almost immediate results that she... The anxiety just vanished. Went just away. vanished. Yep. And there was like there was no downside. And so she doesn't take a lot of them, but if she needs it, it's there. Yep. And it, it we've got to realize that this works for many people many who have things. many yep. needs. Yep. Um I mean a lot of the C B D stuff we deal with is for an older demographic. Okay. It's for those who yep. have the joint pains, those who have the, the arthritis, Arthritic those types. who have yep. you know, things things are hurting. Mm-hmm. But Kids hurt too. Right. Your kids, yep. my kid, they all they and, hurt. In lots of ways, right? And I think like what's fascinating about cannabis and the endocannabinoid system is it's really the system responsible for keeping us in balance. So when you're in balance, you know, out of balance, you're in dis-ease instead of ease. And cannabinoids and terpenes or all those molecules can be offered to the body to say, this will bring us back to that state of balance so that we feel better and can function. And if those things, you know, they're relatively safe in terms of toxicity versus efficacy where do I have to use them before they become a poison? It's really a really huge difference. Much different than those types of drugs that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we then say, well, let's study these things so we can offer the right ones to the right people because they can help so many in so many ways. We just want to be able to make sure it's clean, we know what it is, and we can consistently get it time and time again. I have a question to ask. Is there another drug other than cannabis or hemp that has so many medicinal purposes that are out there that would be purposeful. Uh, there are, you know, I mean, aspirin is a something? fairly good example, but it's not as broad based for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it does work on part of the system, not on all of the system. You can think of something like ashwagandha has a pretty broad based profile from a plant perspective. So that's second time in an um, hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's funny. You look at the claims in the dietary supplements of ashwagandha, and you're like, well, if I just put the word cannabis over that, you probably wouldn't argue with me. Um, they seem to be similar, but yet we don't see that type of efficacy with ashwagandha. And I don't think it produces some of the active molecules in the same extent. So, you know, there's something that goes along with synergy, all the other things that go with it. Um, so it's not that one molecule. And I think that's really what we've been realizing. When I just looked at one molecule, like THC has been a pharmaceutically approved drug for a, quite a while now in the form of Marinol. It's not as effective as THC with all the other molecules that cannabis has to offer. Someone actually brought me Marinol right? and I carried it around with me for so long. And they're like, take it and tell me because I was the one, the guinea pig. <laughs> okay, and I'm like, 
I didn't get it. Like I just didn't Not get it. What is it? It's in synthetic. Yeah. It's synthetic. It's THC and sesame seed oil. Yeah. But it's usually lower dose, and it's indicated why, why for. I'll give you some to try. It's anti-emetic um, because it was well defined, and it went through the FDA approval track. Right. That way. Okay. So that was how you were supposed to get your marijuana. Yeah. And speaking of the FDA, the pharmaceutical company was bringing it to you. Aren't you right. excited? <laughs> oh, you want that? You want the guy on the corner to bring it, <laughs> not the pharmacy. Pharma. But that's because he was bringing all the other molecules to You're right. He was bringing right. the full so spectrum. I've got, he was bringing the whole, I've got the whole plant. plant for you, right? Instead he was bringing of just the whole this plant. one. Right. Now, while the one, I can understand that regular. He brought the tree, I'm sure. Yeah, but more of the plant is better. Right. Dr. So. Ray Bryce, you know, testing lab, the workshop. Um, how many gubbin hoops do you have to jump through? <laughs> Countless. <laughs> Some of them are flaming. <laughs> so uh, it's really, really difficult to operate in the regulated environment. Um, and, and I this, agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably no other bar that's set any higher where the microscope power is greater and the scrutiny is immense. So if you're thinking of being an entrepreneur, I encourage everyone to do it. But this one's not for the faint of heart. And it is probably the most difficult business you could ever try and run. Um. Well, I don't know. Maybe a casino <laughs> would be a little yeah, tough. But I was yeah, going to say, there's yeah. some others with like extreme regulations, but they probably don't have as much of the, you know, And they're certainly not as random as there. this yep. is. I have a question to ask you. So you started this lab in 2010. Yep. So you too have your stories. Yes, And your, your things that have occurred over the years. Yep. This is an old guy too. Like I'm an old my girl. My badge of courage. Yeah. My, my badge of courage too. Yeah, yeah. We actually went through. We have the set. We have something very in common with our badges yeah, yeah. of courage. Yeah. The same person. <laughs> Got us through it. Oh, good. It just dawned nice on me. It. Like it, everything <laughs> just came full circle. Oh, that's interesting for sure. I yeah. saw that. <laughs> well, good good help that understands you know how things are no, supposed to be. No, it is, but it took someone. It takes so many people. Are. It's like here was me yeah. like with this cannabis store for 12 years and I'm out there really by myself if you know about it trying to endure and learn all this stuff and I knew nothing about cannabis but I had a great team of people behind me that would send me the right people and then my team was educating me all along so my first weekend that I opened Koreatown Collective I had four strains I labeled them A, B, C and D probably the best names you could have gave them and guess what they were all a purple plant Oh, and I had like uh, no yeah. clue and then I just had different people come in and the guy that taught me how to cultivate he was awesome one of my attorneys who fueled a lot of my you know helped me with you know sending me people with great strains they helped and educated me because you had to be yeah you can't be a brick in this business yeah. and you have to be able it's to pivot a, a fast yeah, yeah. Yeah. you have yeah. to be a sponge and you yeah. have to pivot fast yes, yes you do yeah. Yeah. So. Dr. Ray, where do you see it going what, what do you so see? I, I see much more standardization of products and a broader plethora of types of products to choose from. So we're already overwhelming consumers with potential options. So yeah. which ones are the right ones for me? Answering that question's got to be you know the next thing that we're all after, and it will only come through standardized products. And through stores like Koreatown Collective and The Antidote, where the people, particularly Janice, actually know of of what they speak yes or we can find the people that we know (laughs) to give us the answers what's the most popular question you get from your friends and family just being in the industry in such a scientific field is this clean would you take it yourself (laughs) it's like if i tested it we'll let you know um do you have to bring your testing machines to thanksgiving dinner no thank god no (laughs) i couldn't pick them up (laughs) so now it requires about a million to two million dollars worth of hardware to do all the regulatory testing so it's uh not more not very mobile anymore 
And with that note, Dr. Jeffrey Raper, thank you very much. We really, really appreciate this. You've done much to educate. Every show educates us that much more. I mean, my... my it's ig- scary. All it's done is create more questions. <laughs> the ignorance I, I began spell. with... I, I want to know how to spell ashwagandha. <laughs> I, I thought you could do that. A-S. You know how to do the spelling bee? It was, it was the town that the guy in Black Panther lived in. It was ashwagandha. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Raver. It's Meryl Schindler. It's Janice Hardoon. It's Joanna Belson. It's Phil Giangrande. It's High in the Hog, the podcast. Thank you all. Catch Thank you next you. time.